Welcome to the Talking People and Technology podcast coming at you live here at the ATC event in Sydney. Um, we're oh, middle of the day now. We've, um, we've seen uh, a fair bit of buzz going around, which is, uh, has been, been great. Um, I'm joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Jared Cameron. Thanks, Dave. Must be uh, lunch. Must be on the, uh, on the cards pretty soon, I think. I'm hearing the clanging of some plates. Won't be long now. Yeah. yeah so it's good. Day two, and it's always, you know, we're, we're sort of heading down the, the slope towards the, the back end of the conference. Always good to have the buzz around. Um, now, welcome again to our Twitter family out there, all two of you from the last... Uh, <laughs> Mum <short>. and Dad. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, those of you on Twitter will know I have a guest here, and I'd like to introduce now uh, from Seek, um, Anthony Ugoni. Welcome. Thanks, gents. It's uh, quite amazing to uh, think 20 years ago was the maths guy who couldn't get anybody to talk to him at the nightclubs to think that uh, uh, a group like this in HR actually want to hear something from you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You've got something to offer. Yeah. Yeah. You obviously don't know our audience very well. <laughs> <laughs> um, very impressed though. Jared and I, um, we're always a bit uh, you know, impressed when someone sports a better beard than us. Yeah, um, so yeah. there's been a got couple on there. this actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jason yesterday Probably beaten well. by Jason Fox yesterday. Yeah. But um, well, good. great to have you. So you, um, you head up the AI and matching um, part of globally for Seek, is Correct. that right? Correct, yep. yep. So what's involved there? Yeah, it's, um, so Seek, being a, a marketplace like most marketplaces, um, you think about your Ebays and Amazons, what they do really well is they find ways to proactively let you know about things on their platform. Mm. Um, so at Seek, we know just through sheer probability that the best candidate for the role that's been posted today um, possibly isn't actually going to be active. Um, and so one of the things that we, we try to ensure is getting uh, a high-risk role in front of that inactive but fantastic candidate to yeah. increase the opportunity for that hire um, and also to keep the, uh, the candidates abreast of what's happening in their field. Um, so that, uh, that's just one of the things that we do. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So obviously, um, I mean, Seek, um, a big brand, big known brand, not just in Australia, obviously. Mm. Around the world. In Australia, but around the world as well. Yep. Um, interesting to see that uh, you're evolving as a business to, you know, started obviously as, as more of a pure job board and that's what we, we know from sort of 15, 20 years ago. Yep. Um, so interested to see, you know, the depth and breadth now in, in terms of what you're doing with some of this technology. Yeah, yeah. Um, I started at Seek uh, five years ago um, and it quickly became apparent that um, the, the job board as a, as a product is actually very, very consistent across markets around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in eight or nine markets in Southeast Asia, uh, China, we're in Mexico and Brazil. Um, and kind of running alongside that is the inability to grow data science teams. Talent mm-hmm. is in yeah. short supply. We haven't done a really great job of promoting analytics, statistics, etc. through university. And so there's a real shortage of uh, people who can analyze that data. So we quickly identified common data sources. Um, if you think about job boards again, it's ads, it's uh, resumes, it's a whole bunch of clicking and online behaviour. Um, and it just so happens that it, hap- uh, that it occurs in different languages. Mm. So we built out a number of products here in Australia um, and we tried to, we tried, we, we proved up the case that um, we could build those products agnostic of the Australian geography an agnostic of the English language. Um, and if we could do that, it means we don't have to build a 20, 30 uh, strong data science team in Brazil, Mexico, yeah. Vietnam, Singapore, etc. Mm. We can build one uh, kind of big chunky team somewhere um, 
and strangely enough, the smallest population we serve is, is in Australia, but we have the biggest data science team. Um, <laughs> is, that, is that a nature of that's where the talent is or that's where the leaders are? Or That's where the, I guess that's where the strategy was most advanced, yeah. the seat group. Mm. Um, and so, and we're talking to our partners now and we're telling them, hey, get us your data in this format over in this cloud platform and we can take our IP, we can take our algorithms, point it at your data and you can get really quickly and almost for free um, the IP that we've developed over the course of five years. Uh, and wow. it's working really well. Mm. Yeah, that's fascinating. I think, um, you know, as we increasingly go into a talent short, short, you know, a talent shortage um, world, uh, it's not not going to be as simple as just putting the job ad up and and sifting through the applications, which is probably where right. Seek really, you know, developed its initial product and where it served the market for, for quite a fair proportion. So, Absolutely. So now, I guess to to um, evolve, you've got to be adding more value. You've got to be looking at it perhaps from almost the opposite lens now and saying, well, what, what are the candidates? How do we match them yep. to positions and how do we provide that as a service? Absolutely. So we have uh, a piece of research that goes on uh, every year and we hear two consistent themes. Uh, one from the hirers, which is please make, please make my day more efficient and for the candidates, they want to be able to stand out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for the hirers, we are building a number of products, a number already in field and, and a few still to come, um, that help them uh, identify the best candidates much quicker. Mm-hmm. At the moment, uh, most job boards, uh, most uh, applicant tracking systems um, will sort your applications by date. You know, the date somebody applied, the time of day they applied, that's not actually very helpful. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So we're finding ways to surface the best qualified applicants to roles and kind of get them to the top of the queue have a look at them much quickly, uh, much quicker. Uh, and for candidates, we're working on products to help them, uh, first of all, stand out. Hey, I've got all these things that you say are must-haves for the mm. role. Mm. So um, find a way to get me to the top of the queue. So the uh, hirer looks at me um, first with fresh eyes. Um, and also in our Seek Learning business, we're, which we are relaunching, we're looking for ways to use all that information that we collect through job ads uh, and resumes to help candidates understand what they need to do um, to get into the role, the field, the, the career that they want. Right. Because there's, there's typically, you know, there are a large number of courses out there that will get you into a field, but there's a whole bunch of stuff that you acquire while you're in that career yeah. um, that's, that's hidden. And uh, if you're applying without that knowledge, um, it makes it tough. So if we can fast track the knowledge of that industry to the candidate, um, we make their world a better place too. Yeah, and it's a challenge sort of twofold, isn't it? You know, on one side, you've got the applicant needing to acquire that knowledge. But on the other side, you've got the organization wanting to try and find people that have that knowledge. Correct. And being able to correctly assess that you have that knowledge. And once upon a time, you used to be able to say you have the education, you've been to university, therefore, you're probably going to be a pretty safe bet. But in today's world, I don't think that cuts it anymore. You know, no. I, think, I think we actually need to know that you can practically apply skills. You can practically apply skills. Um you can, uh, and on the top of that, not only applying the skills, getting the experience, uh, showing it up in the resume, but also verifying um, certifications and you know those those shorter based courses along the way. And and we're working towards building solutions that help hirers do that because you know we've all heard of and I can't remember his name and I can't remember the organisation he worked for, but a very senior person in a very large I think retail um, business here in Australia faked an MBA. Um, mm, yeah. you know, and that stuff, yeah. it, 
you know, it shouldn't, but it goes on all the time. So, yeah. so helping our hirers kind of get to the nub of who's got it, who doesn't, uh, much sooner, you know, helping them with that efficiency. Mm. Just, I guess, somewhat related to that, you know, I, I think it's about using this data for good and to enhance the quality and to also, um, I think the other angle we hear a lot around AI particularly mm-hmm. is um, how can we use it to, to take away some of the conscious and unconscious biases that, that affect us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, is that something that you've, you've, you're doing some work around? In, in absolutely. We're, yep. doing, um, we're doing a truckload of work around that. Um, it's forefront of our minds. Uh, what, I, what AI does really well is it learns from the examples that you give it. Mm. And so there's a great example of Microsoft building, I think, a chatbot or a, um, uh, a conversation bot. Uh, and they went around looking for data to help it learn how to speak. Yeah. Um, and so what they did was they went to Twitter and said, oh, here's a whole bunch of text. Here's a whole oh, bunch of no. sentences. <laughs> um, you know, Mr. Bot, go ahead and learn how to function in polite society and you know within hours that bot learned how to be the most racist misogynist white supremacist you've ever come across <laughs> um, really? and so it's it's not um you know and the takeaway there are any number of those examples the takeaway message is you know it's not the ai's fault we no. just need to be very very careful around curating um data for the ai to train on yeah. so we know you know all the research tells us nowadays that we have um we all have our own biases. I mean, as I sat down today, mm. you guys would have taken one look at me and had some sort of reaction, hopefully positive, maybe not. <laughs> um, but that, that comes from, you know, biases and kind of survival instincts that have been ingrained in us yeah. over the course of evolution. Yeah. Um, and um, you, you just can't get away from that. So when we see hirers shortlisting candidates, for example, those hirers' biases come out in that data. And it yeah. becomes very apparent as you look at that data um, that there's a little, sorry, there's a lot of skill and qualification selection, and there's a little bit of bias. Um, so we need to make sure that we m- train the models on the right things mm. and omit mm. the things that society wouldn't think are acceptable in that scenario. And so we work very hard. We do a lot of thinking in that space. Uh, we certainly don't release any products until we are, you know, sure that we kind of clean our face on um, the message that we can say, you know, trained on qualification skill mm. um, and we've done everything in our power to remove bias it's it is it is one of the burning platforms in ai today yeah for sure and i guess with a you you've, you've got a brand a well-known brand a trusted brand and so i presume it's even more sensitive to you to get it right absolutely make sure that you know you're actually solving some of these problems and not adding to them yep absolutely i find it interesting how um in some regards ai for me is just a reflection of the real world so yeah. you look at children and how they learn you know they learn based on the inputs of their surroundings and what they hear and what Correct. their parents are doing and what their friends are doing and ai is just a really it's just a, a rapid learning approach like Abs- it learns absolutely. in the same way like what you feed it is what it's going to learn from so yeah. you know yeah. you could have the same thing with you know we 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 are you know not say bred with biases but we're grown up to have bias mm. you know it's an interesting thought can you eliminate bias from ai is it possible um you make a really interesting point. People get really uh, scared or really excited or they go over the top with what AI is and what it can do. Um, you need to think about organic intelligence. And so if you raise a child, for example, in a violent household, that child is more likely to grow up violent. Mm. Yeah. Um, if you train you know, a chatbot in a all-swearing, all-racist kind mm. of stream of text it's going to learn to be that sort of uh that sort of chatbot 
So you're exactly right. AI is just a way of learning. Um, what's different today than is different, say, 10, 20, 30 years ago uh, is the amount of computing power that we have yeah. to crunch mm. the data and learn stuff uh, and the amount of, um, if you like, disk space to store data on, from which to learn. So mm. um, it is getting fast. Uh, it's, it's getting incredibly fast. Um, we have great examples at, uh, at Seek where we run models overnight in the space of minutes and I get a... Um, I get an invoice for about $3.50 to $7 every morning. Had I tried to run that same algorithm 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it would have cost me a million dollars. And if I wow. wanted to double the speed, it would have cost me another million dollars. Yeah. So the speed yeah. of, um, the, so the pace of change in terms of what we can do and how quickly we can do it is, uh, is extraordinary. Yeah. Have you seen the, uh, just on that particular topic, have you seen, I don't know whether Vodafone did it over here, but... In New Zealand, they did this this thing where they wanted to use the power of your iPhone while you slept to be able to help them to compute and, and challenge yeah, yeah. some of the medical, you know, the computations they had to do. And what they decided was everyone had a computer in their pocket. So yeah. they pushed out this, you know, this focus for a month where they said every night before you go to bed, open this app on your phone, leave it sitting there. And while you sleep, we're just going to borrow your CPU yeah, yeah. power to crunch some some of these yeah. equations for us and I did it for you know a number of nights and it was funny the the barrier I found actually was I had to consciously do it every night I kind of I'd be happy just to yeah. you know sign my phone over from 10pm till 6 in the morning and say go nuts and you yeah. know use it as far as you want for that kind of thing but I'd be happy to sign over my son's phone for 24 hours yeah. a day <laughs> me too um, it, it's not uh, it's not unprecedented switch off the fortnight <laughs> yeah, yeah switch off the fortnight absolutely um, but we have been doing it for a long time um I can't remember. I think it may have been called the SETI project back in the 90s where you left your desktop on overnight connected to your copper internet. Try to find alien life forms. Correct, correct. That was that movie with um, uh, Jodie Foster. Foster. Correct. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Dating ourselves again, Ed. We are dating ourselves. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the medical research stuff you talk about is a great societal way of helping. Yeah. Um, we're offering up our CPU for free. Um, on the corporate side and on the government side, I guess, think about, think about a, um, I'll put a brand name out there, but think about a Bunnings warehouse mm. full of processors. Um, and then think about a suburb full of those Bunnings warehouses full of processors. Um, and think about that in Hong Kong and Sydney and San Francisco and, you know, many many cities around the world um, and then think about those think about those desktops those servers kind of doubling in capacity every 18 months yeah and mm. that's the sort of power that we're talking about here and like I said um, you know algorithms that we run in minutes overnight would have taken hours 10 years ago uh, at a million times more the cost uh, it's 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 an amazing environment. Exactly. I, I'm jealous of what our children are going to see that we won't see. Well, it's, expo- yeah. it's exponential mm. growth, isn't yeah. it? If you're mm. doubling con- in computing power every 18 months. So, mm. you know, you sort of sit there and you go, what's possible today? So this is the next scary thing, right? Mm. Is in three or four years' time, you'll be looking back at this and laughing once again. Oh, absolutely. we'll be able to do something else yeah. even more amazing. I'll tell you, you what's even, even funnier is going back three, four, five years and, you know, keep a record of the things that you predict that are going to happen yeah. and you know just see how short-sighted your imagination was yeah mm. um, it's interesting uh, I've actually stopped trying to predict what's going to happen because <laughs> I come up sh- you know so yeah. far come up short. short every time yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we had someone yesterday telling us um, 
that uh, being a futurist is, uh, is there's no point in being a futurist. Right. Um, we need to be nowists. Right. Yeah. It's all here Absolutely. and it's now. It's all here and, and now. And like, there's so much for us to do in the now that let's stop thinking about the future. Yeah. It'll just happen, which is yeah. fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to touch on one one last thing because we are rapidly coming up against sure. uh, against the clock here. Um, the human side. So I think this is something that you've been exploring as well. And I'm interested in your take on um, as we're using the machines in more and more powerful ways, as you, as you describe. Yep. Um, you know, uh, the, the fear factor is that they're going to do the jobs that humans are doing today and what will that do to those displaced humans yep. and, and the like. So uh, interesting your, your take on, on yeah. that. There's, um, so I'm not going to predict what's going to happen to the right, humans. We're not futurists, we're nowists. We're nowists. <laughs> um, but what we have seen um, kind of industrial revolution after industrial revolution has been a loss of jobs, but uh, new jobs emerging uh, and, and uh, mm. replacing those jobs behind them. Um, what you know, and it's easy to look at that stuff in retrospect, um, but it's always scary to look at it uh, moving forwards. In, in the recruitment industry, um, what we're going to do is AI is going to replace all the repetitive tasks. Yeah. So if the only thing that you provide to the recruitment industry is you want to be the person who reads all the resumes uh, and makes decisions on shortlisting, mm. you, you might be a little bit disrupted because the machines are going to learn how to do that. Mm, mm. Um, but value judgments, um, qualitative judgments on candidates, I haven't seen anything emerging out of AI yet that does that anywhere n- near as well mm. as a human does. And so, for example, mm. um, a really simple example, we have algorithms that can call out, yes, this person would be a fantastic uh, retail assistant at your store. Mm. Um, but if your store is a high-end fashion brand, um, and our algorithms say absolutely qualified, has got experience, knows how to work a positive device, all those sorts of things. But they turn up at the interview looking like they just woke up in the gutter, yeah. smell of BO, um, can't look a person in the eye. Yeah. Um, then only humans at the moment can make that call. So mm. and that's a really simple example, but you know, culture fit. Um, do you fit the culture today? Will you add to the culture in the future? Mm. Um, all those sorts of things. Those are the value add things that we're going to give humans more time to focus on as opposed to the highly repetitive tasks. So mm. I, see, um, I see enormous upside for, this, for the human element in talent acquisition, um, talent mapping, uh, recruitment, all those things. Um, there is still, you know, one of the quotes that I use in my presentation today says uh, human capital management is a human contact sport and I think it will remain mm-hmm. that for a very, very long time. Interesting. I reckon that what a perfect statement to land on to wrap us up, and I yeah. think that was, that's uh, very insightful. Something that I'll take away from this discussion. No worries, guys. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you for having me. Great to see. Uh, to be honest with you, see that Seek, a brand that we all know and probably perceive in a certain way, to really get um, a great read from you on on some of the exciting, innovative stuff that you're doing with the data set. So um, thanks for sharing that with us. Thanks, guys. And uh, thanks, Jared, for, uh, yeah, for joining good me. One. Thank you, Twitter Live, and we'll catch you all again soon. (laughs) Cheers.